Hello, and welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, sisters, we're recording a little late this week, and uh, yeah. last night, I assume you both... We, we, it is post-Friday, post-Friday the 13th. It is now Saturday the 14th. But uh, there was a very <laughs> spooky day. Yes. There was a, a full moon, blood mm-hmm. moon. Yeah. Yep. On Friday the 13th. Yeah. I'm congratulations to both of you for surviving the night. Thank you. I especially you, Riley, as a college a, student, being a teen and a college student. Did you engage in risky behaviors See, that may have put you at risk? I didn't fall into this I trap. I twice. said I've watched enough horror movies. I know the teens in college who go to the first. Okay. It's September. I know what we're all excited for spooky season. <laughs> my dorm is already decorated for spooky season. But there was a whole block of houses down the street from my dorm that had a big costume party for Friday the 13th. And I was just like, I get it's spooky, but like also Halloween's not for like another like six weeks. Who has their costume already? <laughs> but I knew all those teens. That's the riskiest place to be on Friday the 13th mm-hmm. is the big costume party where there is probably well, um one of know. them is actually a murderer just yes, in a there costume is probably a murderer so there somewhere know. or a supernatural being yes and everyone is in like a lowered state of awareness and everyone's out partying that means and they're turned yes they're very turned and lit <laughs> and uh i did not i did not attend because i didn't want to get uh get hit by that serial killer so yeah. i stayed in my dorm surrounded by my spooky decorations and watched a bunch of scary movies um walked down to cvs with one of my roommates and bought a little mummy that twerks and wears sunglasses like one of those like dancing like stuff sure, things like uh-huh. we have a lot of at christmas uh-huh. it's just like a little mummy that wears sunglasses and he shakes his butt um, I know I'm not I that's that goes into the anytime that uh, a robot has uh, a butt that is a focus it's like the it's straight into the uncanny valley for me I don't like it <laughs> I, bu- I bought him walked back with him in my arms um, underneath the blood moon on Friday the 13th surrounded by a bunch of college students running by me wearing various forms of costume Um it's he also said, been like 95 degrees here, so it felt the least spooky because it was just so hot, and it was like 9 o'clock at night and super dark, but still 100 did degrees. You, did you yell statistics at them? Like, statistically, one of you will probably not make it through the evening. Oh, no. You're, don't go off in bummer. groups alone. Oh, I just mean like the like horror movie statistics. Yeah. I don't mean like real life stuff. This yeah. Is... Like the first one of you that walks up by yourself will be the first one dead. But I feel but, when so be survivor gotta, girl don't have premarital sex, <laughs> but that's got to be like an actual statistic, right? So like full moons, like the ER goes crazy. What is it like on the Friday the 13th in a full moon? You know, it has to be like 4th okay. of July, right? I'm not going to not to plug another podcast, but oh, we, you're going to say we did bones. a sawbones on the effect of the moon on medicine. It was one of our kind of funny ones i'm gonna bleep out the name of the podcast you just said. i'm just yeah. saying <laughs> what are you doing here's the here's the uh bottom line there isn't there isn't mm. uh there isn't an associate there is it's a perceived association because when wild stuff happens on the night of a full moon you remember it and all the full moons that went by unnoticed you don't remember well hey what so about all a- the werewolves where do they go well, not, not to the, to the er, ER. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all we know well, it's weird because I am. I guess this is a perceived thing, not not reality. Because I feel like because I was behind the bar last night, um, and uh, and I feel like it's just like I work at, like I at this very calm bar, and it's all neighborhoody. And then everybody last night for the first time I've been there, it's like why is everybody drunk? Like why is everybody a mess? It's like oh, it's it's a weird non-holiday, but it is a non-holiday, and everyone was acting like it was a holiday. Yeah, like y'all, it's, it's just a date. A lot, like, of, a lot of Facebook memes about it. A lot of Facebook memes about it. I don't know. But we we started our annual uh, Twin Peaks rewatch. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that was how we celebrated because mm-hmm. it, it is we are moving into the fall. That is always the time of year where we restart Twin Peaks. We got a lot more to watch this time around. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So <laughs> it was good. It was it was the appropriate mood for the evening. It was dark, and. That's I don't it. know. I, I, I like how you said annual Twin Peaks rewatch. Like that's a totally normal thing that a lot of people do every year. Ah, the Twin Peekening. It's time to do that. 
Uh, there, yes, it might just be us, but I bet there's somebody out there listening going, of course. That was one of those shows that I feel like I've watched once, and then I watched the original again when I was gearing up to watch the new ones. And it takes a lot out of you. Like, I don't know if I could do that once a year. That's like a blood sacrifice. I'm not into that. Mm -hmm. We we actually had to fast forward a little bit through... um, the parts where, and this is, and this is just how you change as you get older. When Laura Palmer's parents find out that she's dead, we had. To, this is not a spoiler. This is the whole premise of yeah. the of the show. <laughs> Sydney, um, this happens in the first Spoiled fifteen it. minutes they of the episode. They don't know yet. Um, I've never watched it, so it's ruined it for me. Wow. You probably heard the the through cultural osmosis who killed Laura Palmer. Nope. All I know about no. Twin Peaks is. You all really like it. And when we were in Washington State that one time, you were like, Twin Peaks. <laughs> well, you should watch it, except the scenes where her parents find out that she's dead are, they're rough. They're very well um, done in in the sense that I feel the the realism and it's too much. As a, as a parent, I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. So, but other than that. Is this a cultural difference that I started my annual rewatching of the Vampire Diaries? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good show. I don't know what to say about that. I watch it every fall. Like your Twin Peaks. Let, want, me, let me have I, my own Twin Peaks. I just... Wow, so you just equated Vampire Diaries to to <laughs> Twin Peaks. I'm not saying it's the same. Scale. I'm just saying that I am a teenager <laughs> in the year 2019 and I have watched uh. Vampire Diaries in its entirety every fall for the last three years. I'm going to. If you want to watch a show about vampires, Buffy is still right there. It is. Well, yeah, I've already seen it all. That's like, that's a lot of TV, though. Good TV. It's a lot of TV. You never have much, too much TV if it's good TV. Well, I just suddenly <laughs> feel like I, I've never once felt lacking for the fact that I don't annually rewatch a, a some sort of television series. I'm like, wait, I don't have one. What should I? Am I doing something wrong? You you totally should. You should pick something that is like your thing. Yeah. Yes, I don't know. I, I didn't know you had to. I just, I I feel like I I I feel like I watch my 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 things year round. It's there's not like a time period. Where I'm like now it's time. I get to do this. That's no, I what do. I do. Being that. a single, childless adult's all about. You watch whatever TV you've already seen before whenever you want. <laughs> I am. That's the that's the only joy. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't mean to stress you out, Taylor. Oh gosh. I know. I, now. Perhaps oh, oh, right. you need some. <laughs> it was such a good, <laughs> such a good transition. Taylor didn't even get it. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, perhaps you need some stress management. Management. Manage it? Excuse me. <laughs> perhaps I need a stress manage it. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. It's the morning. I haven't been drinking. It's eleven forty-five. Yeah, it's not the morning. I just well, I mean, I just can't talk. I don't. <laughs> All right, let's talk. Let's talk about stress. Manage it. <laughs> stress. Manage it. Name of the episode. Stress. That's, manage it. That sounds like a, like a like a campaign to sell like a some sort of trapper keeper in the nineties. Stress. Manage it, and then like <laughs> some cool triangles go across the screen. <laughs> Because that's all you need to manage stress as a trapper keeper. That's the problem. So. That's that's everyone's problem today in 2019. Not enough trapper keepers. You bring those back. You stick some Lisa Frank stickers on the front of those suckers. And you've got your stress managed. I just need those good, good little stickers that reinforce the holes of my notebook paper. And that I wouldn't cry all the time. You need the scented stickers. There's scented? Yeah, scratch and sniff. Uh. Charlie has a book of Lisa Frank stickers, and we were. Playing. How do they still make those? Uh, they, they they're everywhere. She still. is immortal. And we were we were putting them on paper and coloring and stuff this morning, and I I found one that I just loved. It was two little puppies that were sharing an ice cream sundae in a malt shop. 
That's a very specific sticker. <laughs> it is a very yeah. specific sticker. And so we put that in the center of our paper and made like... It was supposed to be like radiating beams of love coming out from the sticker, but it looked more like they were falling into a vortex. (laughs) (laughs) Those poor puppies. I I wish I had a trapper keeper to put that on the front of, is what I'm saying. Yeah. That that would go on your science uh, trapper keeper, I think. (laughs) Uh, So I feel like stress management Mm -hmm. techniques are a, a relatively newer idea for the teen community from my perspective because if if my recollection is accurate, when I was a teenager, if I told an adult, generally, I'm not going to say every adult in my life, but generally speaking, if I were to look at an adult and say, I'm feeling stressed, a lot of them would have looked at me and said, or did look at me and say, why? You're a teenager. You've got what nothing to be What do you to have be to be stre- stressed about? Exactly. Right. Wait till you got to pay bills. They Waluigi? (laughs) 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 Waluigi is the worst at understanding stress. (laughs) You really should go to Luigi if you're feeling stressed. Waluigi and Wario are just not helpful at all. Yeah, I, I would, I would maybe go to, I would maybe go to Princess Peach or Toadstool. They seem chill. They might offer me some tea and like just to hang out. I went to the absolutely wrong Mario person. I bet Toadstool's got some better stuff than tea. Well, (laughs) he just, he seems like, you know, like he can hang. I mean, no doubt. What is happening to our podcast? I think we're trying, I think we're insinuating which character in Mario Kart would be most likely to give you drugs. I think that's where we went just now. Yo, you're in college now. Stuff is getting real on this podcast. Sydney, who's your number two? Hey, kids, don't do drugs, even ones that you get from Toad. <laughs> but Yoshi, though. Uh, no, Yoshi didn't know where to find drugs. <laughs> no, Yoshi has those cheeks that he keeps stuff in. He just kind of, like, sticks his tongue out. It was like... <laughs> 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 no, it's just Yo- a weed brownie. <laughs> Yoshi, Yoshi was the Scooby-Doo of the situation. He was not the Shaggy. Shaggy knew where to obtain the drugs. Scooby-Doo was just along for the ride. Woohoo! Shaggy, are you? Are you? Are you? Toad. Toad. Uh, Okay. I mean, I I get it. I got your drugs. (laughs) (laughs) I know his head is an actual mushroom, but (laughs) you know, wait, that seems like a pretty like daring like move for him if he's our secret drug lord of Mario World. Do you want to know something terrifying? Someone told me once or showed me once that that head is a hat. I think that's less. How is that not? How is that more terrifying? That's less terrifying. Because then that's just like a bald, a bald. What's under? (laughs) Little guy under. Is it the stem? Does it look like a mushroom stem at the top? Like flat, cylindrical? No, it's just like he's just like a little guy with a hat on. Uh, it says though Toad has been seen wearing a mushroom hat on his head in the non-canon Mario cartoons. Oh, it is a part of his head, but. I swear I've seen pictures where he's taking it off. But also, here's a p- great picture of him wearing a top hat on top of his mushroom heads. Oh, Okay. Well, I I mean... Oh, look at does- this guy. Look at him. He's got a little fedora on on top of his mushroom head. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> and a little sailor hat. Oh, what I'm going to send this to our, to our sister group. <laughs> so, th- does this help you manage stress? Yeah. Look <laughs> at pictures yes, of Creating... Hats. Creating drug lord fan fiction for the Marioverse is exactly how I manage my stress. How did you know? <laughs> I just know you so well. That's exactly what I do. <laughs> hey, I think that uh, fan fiction is a, a totally legitimate form of stress management. I, y- yes, sure, yes, absolutely. Um, but back to what we're legitimately talking about. Writing does <laughs> help that? me manage stress. That's a, not maybe not fan fiction. It's never been my I, my strong suit. I would say but. if we're looking for like things that are universal or like timeless, definitely, you know, journaling, writing, diaries, yeah. poetry, stories, whatever your thing yeah. is. I would say that that has been a stress management techniques that teens have embraced for a long time. Yeah. Um, because the the idea of having like a diary where you kind of work it all out is not, of course, new. Yeah. Now, I assume you do it on the internet. Yeah, I feel like that's what, uh, there are a bunch of, like, websites where you can upload your own writing. Mm-hmm. I know Live Wattpad. Journal. 
Well, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, not you, live journal anymore. <laughs> not anymore. But but that was that was a big thing. I, yeah. I, it was like a weird micro generation, I think, that live journaled because I feel like my exact age range did. I don't know. I don't know if your generation did, Sid. You're. Like, I didn't. I didn't get into live journal. I don't know if it was just a personal. I mean, I was still writing, but I was. It was analog. Mm. <laughs> With a pencil. Uh, it was definitely like that, that like it's out there for people to see. It's on the Internet, but you have to have like a very specific information to find it. But that was that was a stress relief thing. Maybe Sydney wasn't writing on live journal, but Lenore was. Oh, no. <laughs> now, you know, my secret. Sydney's nom de plume. That that was not a live journal. That was a dead journal. <laughs> <laughs> I, that sounds like something I would have said. <laughs> yeah, Lenore would have said. Yeah, not me. And Lenore. yes, that text you both just got is just three pictures of Toad wearing various kinds of hats. Just wanted to make sure you all were aware that that's on your phone now. That's good. That's good. I'm glad I have these. Yeah. I'll show them to the girls later. They'll enjoy They'll them. enjoy that. Um, uh, what a... <laughs> anyway. Is Tumblr back? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I was going to say there, there are websites like, like Wattpad is where you can publish your own writing. Like stories, poems, whatever to share with other people. That's more writing specific. But I feel like tumblr is that kind of community where it's like one step farther away from twitter where twitter is more of like a personal social media but still people still use it to share like stress or, or share writing or talk about things tumblr is like a, a much more personal i would say like sharing like deeper things you've written or like mm-hmm. more serious things instead of twitter where it's just like making sarcastic attempting to be relatable tweets about the sure. stress you're under, which is what I I tend to tend to go for whenever I'm stressed. And I think a lot of that, uh, the benefit people receive from that is you can get like instantaneous kind of like a feeling of community and reassurance from people from Twitter. Yeah. If people respond, you can feel like you are instantly. Yeah. It's a virtual pat on the shoulder. Yeah. You can tell right. if I'm having a really stressful day if um, I've tweeted more than like twice. If you look on my Twitter, it's like, oh, Riley has tweeted like six times today. Like, oh, she's just trying to be funny and relatable so people give her a sense of affirmation and community. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that out loud, Riley. You just gave away the game. I know, but I had to tell someone, Taylor. <laughs> I tweet like six times a day. Don't give up my spot. <laughs> Can I tell you, sometimes if I tweet a lot, this is completely honest, it's because like Justin's out of town or something and I have been like, I've had no adult interaction. All of my interactions have been with two little kids. Yeah. And while I love my little kid interactions, sometimes it's just like adult interaction. I need an adult to have a conversation with. I'll start one on on Twitter (laughs) just so I can put something out there and then an adult will respond. And it's not, I'm not talking about, I don't know. Descendants. Descendants or Elmo or big comfy couch that's our new thing yeah <laughs> no i i get that and when, when i'm not like working at the bar i don't leave my house much so it's like oh no i haven't talked to a human in three days i should tweet <laughs> that's the same thing is that are we putting forth like a stress management technique is social media because that seems like a double-edged sword that to is say the not. least that's not no no. I think I think that is that we just need to focus on good stress ma- stress management yeah. stuff. Although I did see a very good tweet that was like, "Me sends tweet, my brain. Are people going to push the button? People push the button. My brain. Here are the good chemicals. <laughs> people push the like button or the retweet button on my tweet, so my brain said good chemicals. <laughs> Happy. You're li- you are liked. You are liked. I, you are liked. Affirmation." Um, no, I don't think social media is a great stress management technique. If anything, sometimes social media causes more of my stress than it relieves. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm. I think, I mean, I think that the internet and social media we can extract. Because I think the internet has the ability to help you deal with stress. Yeah. For sure. But Um, it also has the ability to destroy us all. The internet has cat videos. There you go. That that was kind of what I was getting to. The internet has lots of... Uh, precious media yeah. that will put a smile on your face. Well, and you know, I, I we're, we're making fun of it, but like, actually, because I, I was talking to a friend recently who who like kind of was going through like a stressful like bummer period, and she mentioned that she was she was 
watching um like like a collection of vines or like vines to pull you out of a, a like a depression or vines to make you smile when you're really sad something like that and got offhand i was like wait i watched the exact same collection of vines when yeah. i too was going through a really sad stressful <laughs> period that is definitely a coping mechanism that i reached out to and it worked it's like i am just so in my head i just need to focus i'm gonna watch this 15 minutes of vines of people like saying silly things and yeah and and like dancing and then it's gonna i'm gonna start i gotta get back to work after that and it, it yeah. helped <laughs> like, you don't appreciate how good vine was until it's gone now it's gone and now we just have to find those compilations you don't realize how many vines are in 15 minutes until you sit there watching like 10 collections that are all like 10 to 15 minutes and you're like i think i've watched every vine that ever existed because they're only yeah. six seconds but i feel like all the vines that we needed were made and that's why those like it's, I think that's why Vine yeah. ended. It's like, well, we got all these that we need. We got all the ones we need. Yeah. They're also, if you're ever interested, there are like four whole collections that are just called Griffin McElroy Vines. Oh. oh no. <laughs> it's just 20 minutes at a time of just Griffin's Vines. He, he did a lot of Vining. He did a I lot believe. of Vining. Yeah. I always like the comments when people are like asking who this guy is. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know how to Vine or anything and then it was gone, so... Well, Justin, I feel like did like a vine at some point. Yeah, maybe two. I don't know if we're just a little old. Well, I was a little young when Vine came out. Like I was just young <laughs> enough that I was like preteen, so I wasn't really making vines, and I wasn't really like with the culture enough to understand any of the jokes they are making because mm-hmm. I didn't have any social media or anything. So like all the people, which I think is interesting. This is not really related, but but all the people that were on Vine now are YouTubers. Once Vine died, they were like, well, moving to YouTube. Now they're making a bunch of money off YouTube. But they were all like my age currently when Vine became a thing. You know. Well, I wanna I wanna talk about some more strategies that might actually help people. I feel like <laughs> everything we're putting forth right now is like Vine. It's it's gone. It's fine. It's gone. Vine is on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> uh, but especially since like my coping strategy has always been pick all my cuticles off. Yes. That's not a coping strategy. I think I have adapted the same one from, right. from you. That's so so. a bad one. And so that's what I'm saying. Let's get to some good ones. Yes. <laughs> uh, but first. Let's check the group message. Scroll past all the pictures of Toad in our group message t- to get to the ads. <laughs> so that I can tell uh, you all. Not just you, sisters, but all of you out there listening <laughs> about Mod Cloth. What's Mod Cloth? Uh, Mod Cloth is, they are like no ordinary clothing website because they don't just have clothes. Oh. <laughs> and also because the, the kind of clothes, the kind of fashion that you're going to find on Mod Cloth, it celebrates whatever your style is, whatever your size is, whatever makes you feel good. Whatever time of year it is, you're going to find it on ModCloth. Um, I love the clothes of ModCloth. I was shopping there long before I started saying I was on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it It's one of my favorite places to go look when it starts getting a little chilly out and you want some cute new sweaters or coats or pants. Um, ModCloth has everything you need. They have sizes ranging from double zero to 28. So whatever sizes you need, they've got you covered. Um, And if you have a question about the fit of something, they have a team of mod stylists that can hook you up with complimentary sizing and styling help. And like I said, it's not just about uh, the clothes. They do. They have amazing clothes. I have lots of dresses from Mod Cloth. I have lots of um, cool graphic tees that I like to get from Mod Cloth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What? Cool graphic tees. That's my style now. I like graphic tees. What a cool mom. It's cool my new thing. And, uh, and they also have every accessory. They have shoes and jewelry. They have all kinds of stuff for like your room or your dorm room, Riley, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things to, to decorate the place. And they always have like not just uh, seasonal things, but holiday specific. So like if you go right now, you like can also Halloween. find some Halloween-y kind of inspired spooky things. Yeah. Uh, so Taylor, if our listeners want to uh, check out ModCloth, what should they do? Well, we have a uh, limited time offer for y'all. You can get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, uh, including all sale items, if you go to modcloth.com and enter code buffering at checkout. That's M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H.com and enter code buffering. You get that extra 15% off all sale items to the end of September. 
So use that code buffering and get that discount and get all that good stuff. Get some spooky stuff. They got it up already. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, sisters, I want to tell you about native deodorant. Native deodorant is um, made with fewer, simpler ingredients. So you know everything that's in your deodorant, everything that's going in your pits or whatever. What do you want to call it, Sydney? Axilla. Axilla, the fancy word. That's it. Um, it comes in a wide variety of enticing scents for men and women, plus new limited edition seasonal scents that are released throughout the year. So you can even get your underarms feeling spooky with some seasonal scents this time of year. Um, and they also have unscented formulas and baking soda-free formulas for those with sensitivities, just in case, you know, those, those scented deodorants aren't your thing. And they offer free returns and exchanges in the USA. So you don't like it, you want to switch it out for something different, Native's got you covered for free. Um, I've tried Native, we all have. I love it, it smelled great. Um, I love the, the smell of my underarms for once you know usually it's not something you can say you don't love the smell of your pits i love the smell of my pits whenever i'm wearing native because it just smells so darn good um and you like to know what you're putting on your skin yeah. you, you know whether it's under your arms or anywhere else right it's, it's nice to know as, as somebody i am someone who my skin breaks out from yeah. many things i got super sensitive skin yeah it's like to not have to guess yeah it's nice to not have to guess and native makes it so you don't have to because you know everything that's going in your deodorant so taylor if our listeners want to check out native what should they do well you should go to nativedeodorant.com and you can get 20 percent off your first purchase if you use our promo code buffering during checkout so that's nativedeodorant.com promo code buffering get that 20 percent off and get your pits smelling good and spooky i guess you get good and spooky uh yeah sure yeah get your pits spooky the spooky season haunted <laughs> it, haunted with a delicious scent It'll be spooky. <laughs> there you go. how good you smell there, there you go. go there it is uh so we were going to talk about like i said really since i was a teenager i coped with stress by not coping with it by bottling it all up inside and peeling <laughs> off my cuticles uh no that's not true but that was that was probably the main thing that i did with stress uh, and I, I, I hate that I did that. I still do it to this day. I try really hard not to. Um, and I have seen Riley, I know you do it. And yes. I also see Charlie do it sometimes. She's too little. And I, well, I feel personally responsible for both of you because I feel like you as a younger person and Charlie as a younger person watched me do it. Yeah. I always can tell if it's been an especially stressful day. If I look down at my fingers, I'm like, oh no, three of them are bleeding. No. <laughs> Well, but there was there used to be kind of a weird, I think it's changed now, but like it was a weird sort of like badge of pride. Like I don't, I don't ever say when I'm too stressed out and take a break. I just keep working through it and find really unhealthy coping mechanisms to get me through it. Like I do, I do think that used to be, I mean, I remember this was not necessarily my attitude, but I remember feeling like the societal message when I was younger that uh if i especially as a young person specifically if i was feeling stress then there was something wrong with me mm-hmm. like then it was it was just something i needed to like get over or get past right. and it was not something to share or tell people about because i was a kid i had everything given to me i didn't have real fears or responsibilities or worries mm-hmm. and so i should just like get over it and yeah. i don't know go to a football game I guess. Mm -hmm. What did they tell? Like, go to the malt shop? Yeah. Go to the mall with your friends. Buy some clothes. Yeah. Join the cheerleading squad. Yeah. Um, I actually talked about this when I was on uh, Is This Adulting? We talked about, like, how you kind of romanticize, like, stress when you're in, like, a college setting or high school setting and you're younger. Um, And it's kind of like a whole, like, pride thing, like, competition thing. where It's like, who can... Who can say they've taken care of themselves the least this Mm -hmm. week? Who's gotten the least amount of sleep? Who's the most stressed? Who's had the most caffeine? That person is, I guess, winning at something. I don't know. Yeah. I know that 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 seems to usually be like a very weird competitive environment, especially for me. Like I usually am surrounded by other like high achieving, like overachieving uh, students who are usually doing the most and have the least amount of free time. And there's always just this weird competition, like, why do you want to be the most stressed out? But also, like, why is it why is it appealing to be the most stressed out all the time? Yeah, that's that's true. I 
That's like I, I in, in high school, I when I was on the tennis team, like I, I've talked about this before, but like I would walk around with like a bruise on my leg the whole season because I would get so stressed out like when I was practicing or playing that I would like tap my it started as a tap with my racket at the side of my leg but it would get very violent and for some reason that was like yeah I'm hardcore like I I don't express the fact that this is putting a lot of pressure on me and I'm afraid of failure I just beat myself in the leg with a tennis racket and that's because I'm just so hardcore (laughs) it's like no so so I should have taken a break I should have maybe had a discussion with myself that winning isn't everything nope nope just gonna beat myself in the leg (laughs) yeah well and I think what you're ta- what we're all talking about in a grander sense is part of the problem with our like American culture. Mm-hmm. I think that and maybe this is shifting is what we're getting into yeah. is that this concept is shifting. But for a long time, there has been this idea in in our country that if you to like to be successful, it's not just about the results of your work. It's about the work itself. And like. Are you the first one in and the last one to leave every day? Are you like not ever getting enough sleep or ever getting enough food? Are you eating all your meals in your cars? Are you, you know, are are you rushing to get everything done? Still getting it done Mm -hmm. because falling behind is not something we value. You still get it all done. You get it all done. Mm -hmm. But do you feel totally exhausted and miserable all the time? Because if you don't, you're not working hard enough. Yeah. I feel like for a long time, there's been this kind of like unspoken pressure that if you aren't absolutely beating yourself to death, you're not doing enough. No matter how yeah. successful you are, right. it's still not enough. If you're saying, I'm going to take a vacation now and not worry about anything for the next week and just relax and be with the people I love and whatever. No, that's not okay. Even it's like about, I, I know, man, in the field I'm in, I know it's a badge of pride. Like even on vacation, I still check my charts and do notes and right. yeah. answer calls and do work even on my vacation I do work right people say that all the time and it's like that's it shouldn't you shouldn't do that well it shouldn't yeah. be like that yeah oh good good for you good yeah. for you working even when you should take care of yourself right well and that's I mean I think like taking it taking a vacation taking a trip like taking time off like that is something that I, I don't know there was a weird concept where it's like no no, no you work I don't, you work as hard as you possibly can and then you retire and then you get to take vacations. It's like, well, like the first time that I like booked a trip out of the country, I got pushed back because it's like, what it, What are you doing? Like you're 23. Like well, you can't afford that. It's like, well, I could. I could afford a week off and I could afford this. So I'm going to do it now. I don't know when I'll get to do it again. And I'm definitely going to have to work really hard when I get back. But I don't want to buy into this thing where I don't get to ever do anything. I don't get to ever take a day off until I retire. Like that's not that's not good for me, I think. No, it's not. And it, it it bleeds not just into vacation, but one place that I've seen it very personally and among my my friends and colleagues is when it comes to like after you've had a child. Mm. Our our idea of like, if you're really tough, you will work until the moment you are giving birth mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you'll just <laughs> pop over to the pop over to labor and delivery, have that kid really quick and be back to work in two weeks. Yeah. If you're a good a good employee and a tough person and a strong person, the faster you come back, yeah, the tougher you are, and the more we value you, the more you're celebrated for that. Right. And it's just so totally backwards, and it's it destroys people. I mean, people are constantly going back to work too early. They you know they need to be home. They they are recovering after having been through it twice. I can tell you what your body goes through when you give birth, like carrying a child and giving birth. And then the aftermath, like you need some time and you want some time at home to like figure out this new little person who has joined your family. And like, how are we all going to work together now to be a new unit? It's incredibly challenging, not just for the person who's given birth, but if there's a partner involved, too. And everybody should be able to take time off and focus on that and make that their top priority for a while. And it is almost impossible to do without going broke. Or getting fired mm-hmm. in our country, and beyond that, it's also not valued well, in the in the with the big V by society. You right, know what I yeah. mean? Like, I don't mean that I don't value it. I mean that you there is a, a pressure that it's bad. Where every successful country in the world does it differently. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I mean, that's like I. It was years and years as somebody that's you know come up in the service industry where I think 
like like many industries but it's the more hours you're willing to work the more if you're gonna pull doubles and clopins like you're solid you're you're an important part of the team you got to do that to to you know like earn your spot and i did that but there was a point where i had to get like hey there's the person that i can be for you all working 60 70 hours a week and that person sucks that person's mean that person's grumpy that person doesn't want to be here and then there's the person I can be for you working like 40 to 50 hours a week. And that person's nice. That person's chill. So like, it's not that I can't do that. It's that my best version of me involves me taking time for myself. And that's yeah. that's what my job deserves. So you really want me to respect my job? Let me give you 40 hours of quality work and not 70 hours of like, this is a weird, angry, screaming monster. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, I think when you're in school especially like high school and college and then if you want to go to school after college there's always this pressure that like everything you do is just going to be like for your resume so like you know you're in high school you have to work on getting like your your gpa up and your your act score your sat score and like take all these extracurriculars and do all that kind of stuff to get into a good college and then you get into college and it's like okay but everything still has to be a good resume builder and a good good for your gpa you know you need a good MCAT score, LSAT score, whatever, you're going to go to law school, medical school, if you're going to apply for a job right out of college, you need all these good things for your resume. It's like, you just have to spend all this time constantly filling up your life so you have no free time and stressing yourself out so that you can, like, just get to another thing where you're going to have to spend all your time filling up all your time with things you don't want to do that stress you out. I mean, I know people that I go to school with that fill up their class schedules with, like, 20 to 24 hours and they don't need to it's not like they're trying to graduate early or anything they just like want to Mm -hmm. and then take like you know they work a job and they are in three clubs and they do all this different stuff and it's like what why do you do all that I mean I I take hard classes but I also allow myself time to just like let's have a day off let's let's finish classes after two hours on Friday so I can have all of Friday just for me and I think it's about what's fulfilling to people i think if if somebody does all that and they feel like happy and fulfilled and right not then keep wanting, doing it for then, sure then great awesome do your thing but i think the problem is that i would almost say there is a like you said the romantic romanticizing it there's like a value placed on how beaten down yeah it's it's making you like there's and and we we have seen a turn away from this with like the self the idea of self-care yeah I always think of it as like a movement because it really I it's not something that I remember even being spoken of right when I was young I mean you know I mean Taylor do you ever ever remember people talking about self-care no and I think any any acknowledgement of weakness and I'm using that term like ironically would would have been frowned upon like I need to I could finish this assignment in a timely manner or I could like take a break because I need one like that would have been like oh so you're failing you're failing by taking care of yourself (laughs) it's very it's very true this this idea that like not only is it um, okay to stop and take care of yourself but it's actually important and it's something not just you can do but you should do it's it's still weird for me to hear yeah. because it's not, it's, it was not what I took in. And I don't want to say it was from our parents. I'm not blaming our parents right. for this. It this was just society as a whole. It was yeah. every message I got was if you're stopping to like get a massage or take a bath or read a book or listen to some music or go for a walk or whatever, or just take mm-hmm. the time to cook yourself a decent dinner instead yeah. of fast food, that's wasted time. Yeah. And it's so I mean it's refreshing but I think like it's going to take more than that we have to change the way we look at success and how we treat our workers in this country and what a what a truly like happy productive worker is Mm -hmm. and what they need to be that and I mean there's so much more to it than just like here's a coupon for a massage you know what I mean right yeah I think it was probably the most rewarding and happiest day of my entire school career. Just last week, I had had a super awful, stressful day, like class for like six hours straight and like 100 pages of reading to do, three assignments due at midnight, like just the worst day. Didn't have any time to do anything. Didn't even get to shower. And the next day I had one class. It was only 50 minutes and I didn't uh, have any homework due or anything. And I was like, you know what? 
I am taking a mental health day. This was the worst, most awful, stressful day. I'm going to email this teacher and say, hey, I know this doesn't count as excused, but I need a mental health day, so I won't be in class today. If there's anything that's due, I will email it to you. And that, that is that. I am taking my day. And this teacher emailed me back and was like, that's great. Take care of your mental health. That's that's a great idea. That's more important than being in class all the time. You can't do your best work if you're not feeling like your best self. If you need anything, let me know. And keep taking care of yourself. And it was just so nice. Like, the, this professor was just so understanding of me being like, I had a really horrible, stressful day. I need a mental break. And mm-hmm. she was like, yeah, go ahead. I get it. That's really nice. I feel like that's a rarity. Even yeah. even today, I feel yeah. like that's a rarity. I I will say there I are would, not, uh, you know, all my professors that I've ever had, I don't know if they would react the same way. Sure. But knowing that there is at least one is like, this, this is comforting. Well, and it's, I, I work, you know, at a med school residency program. Yeah. And I would love to believe that if a medical student or a resident or a physician said something like that to their boss, that there would be understanding. I would love if that were true. Yeah. But I think I would be lying if I said that that would be acceptable. Yeah. The vast majority of the time. I'm not saying there's right. not somebody out there who's understanding, know, of understanding but right. uh, the pressure and the expectations and the idea that like you don't take a sick day, you yeah. come to work with a fever, right? Yeah. You, you drag yourself in no matter how totally exhausted or if it's your mental health, your physical health, your any, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm destroy your own health for the sake of your job right well i i mean i've even i've been on the other side of that in the in the restaurant world where it's like and you think beyond any industry like if you're sick stay home for the love of god you're making food you're serving food but like coming up in the industry sick days weren't a thing like you didn't call out if you called out there's nobody to take your job like if you're you know you're you're filling the one position that you have if you call out you're you're screwing over the entire restaurant like that's not a thing you can do and now it's like having like I think like now I'm you know I'm older I work with younger kids under me and they will call out they'll yeah I'm really sick today I can't come in and I, I had that moment of like you can't do that oh I actually you probably should you, you probably should yeah. and I have to change the way I think about this because it's totally fine that you do the problem was that I didn't think that I could <laughs> Well, and it's, I think that what we're seeing, hopefully, is that shift. It's the same idea of, like, uh, it's like the student loan thing. I already paid off my student loans. You should have to, too. Well, no, because the system was, like, hard and crappy and unfair. It always has to be. Doesn't mean that the solution is to make sure it's unfair for everybody. Right. I've paid off all of my student loans, and believe me, I had a lot of them. I'm not, you know, I mean... Med school is expensive. Med school is expensive. It took me a long time. Uh, but if I knew that nobody else had to do that, I would celebrate that. That yeah. would not. And, and that's the kind of, I think, cultural shift we're starting to see is the I had it hard. I don't want you to have it hard like that. Right, yeah. I, I think that hard work is important. I'm not saying hard work doesn't matter. But when the system stacked against you and it's unfair, that. That, that all that does is make everybody angry and sad and filled with hate and lash out at each other. It doesn't it doesn't bring us up as a society. So like I applaud that. Let's make things more fair. Mm-hmm. Let's encourage I know that I went through years never taking a sick day and do you know how many vacation days I lost because I didn't take vac- I went through residency an entire year one year I didn't take any vacation. Why? Why did I I look back and go why did I do that? I had 3 weeks I could have taken I didn't take any. Mm-hmm. And, and at the end of the year, I said, guess what? I didn't use any of my vacation. Yeah. Like, and now I look, I look at my residents and I'm like, go places, do things. Yeah. <laughs> Get away from work, hand your pager off, make sure your patients are, are accounted for, and then go somewhere and take a break. Please take your vacations. If you're sick, stay home, take your sick days. This is, there is no honor in no. not taking care of yourself. Right. Well, and I think it's, you know, I think we're, I, I have hope because I feel like it's a two-part sort of revolution. I think younger people are more comfortable saying, like, I need a I need a break. I need a day. I need to manage my stress. And then, you know, Sid, our generation, which experienced it and suffered under it, still has, like, the, the awareness to say, oh, maybe the way that I was indoctrinated was wrong. I mean, that's that's the way I've always felt, like, moving up in the restaurant world. It's like... I felt like there was a lot of like people would get to a position of power and then like, haha, now I get to abuse the people. I was abused the whole way up. Now I get to abuse the people under me. 
Like, that's just the way it goes. And it's like, no, no, no. Now that I have a position of power, I can take care of the people under me. I can enforce change. I can, you know. I can break the cycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, it, you know, it's like, that's that's where we're at, which I think is really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I can definitely see that amongst, like, my peers and my, my professors. I have, you know, some friends, like, that are more, like, how I try to deal with my classes and my stress that are like you know what I'm gonna schedule it so I don't have classes at all on Fridays so I get like an extra day off that's just for me but I, I still have some some peers that are like no I'm gonna schedule as many classes as possible and be in class every single day from 9 a.m until 6 in the evening and then you know want to talk about how little time they have to sleep and how much homework they have and how they never take a day off which like if that's that's what makes you feel good go ahead but I just feel like the the way that I I used to be a lot like that. I used to be very like, you know, never going to sleep, always going to depend on caffeine, just going to do work all the time and never have free time for anything else. And that was, that's what makes me successful and more desirable in the eyes of, I don't know, colleges and, and law schools and jobs, which I don't think is even true. I don't even know why that's like, no. you know, <laughs> an <laughs> attitude that's fostered, but you know i think efficiency is so important so like somebody who can get all their work done in fewer hours and then get home to have dinner with their family and they're still doing a good job and getting everything done for me it's like well that's better than like i don't know i was there for 24 hours and i still didn't get everything done and i'm a mess and i i hate my life and i'm miserable i would say like something is broken here (laughs) this is not fun this is not working let's fix it because this is not working for anyone and i mean if you're staying extra to do extra work or trying to get ahead of the game or taking extra classes to get ahead it's like i don't know at a certain point if you're doing it to to please other people make your resume look good for for future employers for future school or whatever i think at some point you just have to be like you know what i i'm i did what i need to do i did what is required of me my responsibilities i've achieved everything i have to do so the rest of my time is for me like you have to stop worrying about pleasing everyone else and being the best for everyone else do you really want to work for somebody who would want that of you in the future you know like i i would rather create and work in an environment that's much more take care of yourself i'm not saying don't work just like fulfill your responsibilities what you were asked to do then don't it, it's it's an environment Kill that accepts you have else. other things yeah. in your life well, and yeah. it's not a purely it's not selfish to behave that way like i think it's actually it's better for everybody when we're all, all like more well managed when we, when we manage ourselves well we're better people to go out in the world and be respectful right. of other people's time i mean that's 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 yes. important it's not it's not just for you it's for literally everybody in your life benefits from a more like relaxed like less stressed version of yourself as does as does the workplace there yeah, are many yeah. studies that show that happy workers are better workers and happy workers have vacation and sick days and health insurance and benefits and and feel the ability to like talk to their bosses about like flexibility yeah. and changes and happy workers are better workers so it's a we're all better off for sure um i just wanted to say mom suggested this topic thanks, <laughs> thanks mom. mom she didn't want me to- she didn't want me to tell you guys because she thought you wouldn't want it if you knew mom suggested it. <laughs> now, wait a second. That's not fair. That you, got, that you guys wouldn't think it was cool enough. I don't ever do that. I just wanted, I wanted to let everyone know this really <laughs> quick before we finish. The social experiment I've conducted on Twitter during this episode. Okay. I just tweeted three pictures of Toad wearing hats with no context. And so far, I have, hold on. Um, again, no context, just, I have five retweets and 79 likes and it's been like 20 minutes. So people love Toad with Hats and that's what social media makes my brain give me the good, good juice. There you go. You heard it here first. uh, And if you're looking for context, here it is. (laughs) Well, to manage my stress, I've got a, uh, five-year-old's birthday party to go to today. That does not sound like very stress, good stress manage it technique. There will be cake, I bet. Probably. That's true. That's good. Stress is stress that is managed me manage by cake. stress. Yes. Cake. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a nap after this because I gotta work another late night. So. Oh no. <laughs> you take yeah. a nap, Riley. Yeah. Are you gonna manage your stress in an effective way? Um, I'm gonna get Chipotle. All right. So that's how I'm managing my stress. I was going to say with diarrhea, but then I thought that's mean to Chipotle. And I do like Chipotle. I love I Chipotle. There, so I won't say that. No, don't say that. I have don't food. talk about Chipotle like that. 
Food's a great way of managing stress because especially Sid, actually, Riley, you're the same. I know the both of you real well. And sometimes it's like, y'all just need to eat. Y'all just need to eat. If we don't <laughs> eat, we get just bad beans. It's, so, it's my so mean. It's my sugar day, so I'm eating chips and salsa today, and I'm very excited I, about it. I, that is one of my worst qualities, is that if I get hungry, I just am mean. Yes, I, that is true for me, too. As, as someone that loves you both, I've just had to accept this. Like, uh, they're not mean, they're just hungry. Yeah. <laughs> that's It's fair. It's totally fair. And then I get food, and I'm like, you know what? Oh. I was awful. And guess what? Both of my children are that way, too. Well, so they, sorry, world. There you go. <laughs> So keep passing on this gene. So if you're stressed right now, hopefully you're less stressed because you listen to this podcast. But if you're still stressed, yeah. check out some pictures of, of Toad wearing hats. Eat a burrito. Uh, I don't know. Allow yourself to prioritize yourself over what you feel you must do to exist in the society. You know, yeah. stress relief. <laughs> And yeah. if you need to take a mental health day, you should take it. And uh, there's no shame in actually saying that's what you need it for. Yes. The more we talk about it, the less stigma there is against it. And the more we accept that this is just a, this is normal part of health. Just you like all help. other parts yeah. of health, mental health is part of it. You can help break that cycle. And you say, hey, you know what? Take yeah. a mental health day. So if you feel comfortable okay. saying it out loud is very powerful. Yes. And thank you, sisters. Thank you, sister. Thank you, thank listeners. You. I hope you have a stress-free weekend. Uh, thank you to the Maximum Fun Network for hosting our podcast. You should check out MaximumFun.org for many wonderful shows that you would enjoy. You can tweet at us at StillBuff uh, if you have more pictures of Toad and Hats. I know, <laughs> I know, Riley will enjoy that. I love them, and um, if you want to look at them, look at my Twitter, Riley Smurl. I uh, <laughs> Are you plug in your Twitter. Yes, uh, you plugged your podcast. So I'm plugging my Twitter. Okay, go for it. Uh, and you can email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Changed Mine. This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And, and I, I was too. Can I hear the Waluigi impression that started this off, please? What did I do? <laughs> Is that right? Unless you binge watch TV at least 80 hours a week, Inside Pop is definitely not for you. Sean, that's a little extreme and also not quite true. Okay, Amita, how about Inside Pop is the podcast for people who love and appreciate the best pop culture has to offer? Oh, much better. In every episode, we interview the people who create the culture you crave. Past interviews include the showrunner of Ava DuVernay's Queen Sugar and Mudbound director Dee Reese. You'll also get the very best pop culture recommendations in our Big Sell segment. Plus, the opinions of two TV producers who are pop culture obsessives and actually do binge 80 hours of TV a week. Eyeballs. So tired. Listen to Inside Pop every other Wednesday on the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.